Welcome to episode 4 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Hey everyone and welcome along to Iron Man Talk, it's uh, with Bevan James Isles and Coach John Newsom, how are you going today, mate? Very good, and you? Oh, yeah, it's uh, pretty good. We were actually doing it earlier today, so yeah, it's quite exciting. Um, in today's show, we've got, what have we got? we've got our news coming up. We're going to explain a little bit about how iTunes works, um, auctioning of Kona slots plus Ironman France courses being made easier. Lance Armstrong is doing the New York Marathon, and there's kind of talk about him maybe doing an Ironman somewhere down the path, so we're going to look into that. Um, what else are we going to look at? We're also going to be looking at a website of the week. Our age grouper of the week, and uh, also we've got to start this thing called Top Five of high the week. Five. High Five. Get the name right. Okay, high Five, <laughs> I like High Five. And uh, we'll, we'll go into the area later on as well. And lastly, Coach's Corner. What are we covering today, Coach's Corner? Well, we, we got off to a bit of a rough start last week. I actually forgot to talk about um, maximum heart rate tests, so we're going to do that. And also going to go into a bit of big week training or big weekend training and some, some tips and ideas for that. Oh, cool. So first of all, um, we've kind of got out there and we've had a lot of success pretty fast with this and we've had a few people who aren't quite sure how the whole iTunes things work. So we thought we'd just um, go over that a little bit and uh, give you some more detail on how it all works. Basically what you need to do is you need to have iTunes Music Player. So you need to go to the Apple website, which is apple.com, and go on there and download iTunes. Now, for those of you who have iTunes, just kind of close off for a couple of minutes. Um, for those of you who have Windows Media Player um, or other devices, you may need to actually, you still need to do the iTunes thing, but you may need to then transfer that file into your media player. Now, we have been using MPEG-4, which is a format which can give you a lot more options for the you, the listener, but we've actually decided to move away from that and just go to MP3, so you'll have no problem using that format within um, iTunes, or within Media Player at least. Job was saying that maybe you sh- if you're a dial-up user, maybe you shouldn't even bother. Um, my thinking is more that you should, but what you want to do is before you go to bed at night, turn on your computer, leave your dial-up on, and then just push update on iTunes, and then overnight it will download. Because it's a big file, it can take a while to download, and um, if you were to be using your dial-up, it would just slow down your whole kind of working experience. So, um, although I probably would say it's about time you got broadband. <laughs> <laughs> I've got broadband. Not everybody has. <laughs> um, if you have any questions on this, we do have a how to do it page on our website on www.ironmantalk.com. But also, um, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to give us an email. Our new email address is now ironmantalk at gmail.com. So, I'll be here to help you out in any of those questions. So Don't ask yeah. me for any help, though. <laughs> It'll go straight to me. <laughs> go straight to me. Right here, so first of all, the auctioning of Kona slots. Tell me about it, man. Well, they, they auctioned um, six slots this year. I think they spread it out through the year, um, done through eBay. And I think they're about $10,000 each, or that may be the start yeah, of Yeah, so it's a um, minimum. Yeah. yeah, so I guess there's pros and cons to it. I mean, it's always good to raise money. Um, they've got a number of different ways they raise money through the... the Genius Foundation as well, where you can get individual athletes can get sponsored. And I was blown away last year at Hawaii. There were some guys they were raising like maybe up to a hundred thousand dollars US. Oh, yeah. So it was pretty incredible. So I don't know. I haven't really got a strong opinion either way. I mean, I guess that means that there's another six slots that aren't going to people that that go out there and really and, and necessarily earn it. And 
but on the pro side, I mean the plus side, of course, it's good to, to raise money for those who aren't so so fortunate. I don't know. What's your opinion? I'm kind of into it to be honest. I kind of think that six slots isn't a lot. And um, they were saying I was reading on a website and they were saying that in the last three years they've raised a million dollars and they've given uh, the first YMCA facility in Kona, you know, based on that kind of stuff. So I kind of think that we should, as a society or as a kind of group of people, give back too. And you know, this is it raises a big you know, a lot mm. of money. And so, to me, I'm kind of into it. I don't think that, you know, if you win this, this slot, you get an entry and you also get private registration at the race. Plus, you get four VIP packages for supporters to come along and, and kind of help, you know, and get into it. So, I don't know, six slots. If it was like 100 or maybe 200, then I'd be thinking, you know, <laughs> what's all that about? But six slots isn't that much. And, yeah. You know. I guess uh, if they ever tried to do it where they just had an auction and the money went to the corporation. Yeah, no, that's different. It would yeah. be a completely different yeah. story. So I'm going to sit on the fence on this one. Yeah, I'm a giver. Okay, um, I'm in France. Now, the course is being made easier. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought we should bring this up because um, a lot of people, perhaps if you're new to the sport, won't really know the history about um, France because they used to have a race in Nice, which is where they now hold Ironman France, and it was really set up uh, in a certain way to be kind of like competition to Kona. There were the two TV stations, we all know that, that Iron Man really got big when Julie Moss crawled across the line and the yeah. TV cameras were there, and, and, and that was really the, the birth of triathlon almost. And so I think what one of the other TV networks did, the American networks, decided, well, what can we do to compete with Kona? And I think it was, uh, it may have been IMG. My story might not be 100% straight here, but I think it's pretty good. Hey, <laughs> they went over and they sold the story to one of the, new, the the TV channels that they should go over to France or somewhere in Europe and hold like a really tough course and try and make it look a bit like the Tour de France. And so that's really where Nice evolved from. Um, and it was, it's a beautiful place. I've been there a number of times. And you have an open water, open sea in the, in the Mediterranean. And then you go off and you bike all around the, the, the Alps or around the, the hills around the Riviera. It's absolutely stunning. You go through lots of villages. Very challenging course. A little bit dangerous as well, which added another element, some pretty dicey corners. And then you ran up along, um, the, up and down the Promenade des Anglais a couple of times. Um, again, really picturesque. And it used to have huge money, but for the, the top pro guys, it was really big money. Um, and I know Mark Allen won it 10 years in a row. I think he won it 10 or 11 times in total. And, uh, but it, it obviously hasn't you know, become a cone, has it? No, no, it didn't. It, it did become big, and the, a lot of pros went there and raced because it was big money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they held it, held it as the World Championships a couple of times, and I think they got more in line with ITU rather than the, the oh. Triathlon Corporation. And the, th- the thing that I quite liked about it was the distances. Um, it was a 4K swim, 120K bike, and 30K run. And I really like that distance. It's just that little bit shorter than Ironman, and you can just go that. You, I think you can go speed. quite a bit harder. Um, and so I think that appealed to a lot of people as well. And I'd quite like to see some more races of that distance. Um, so, so what's happening? So what's the change? Well, so w- what happened is the race kind of started to peter out a little bit, and then Ironman France came about. Um, as the Ironman brand built up. Oh, so they bought it? Did they? Uh, well, the Ironman France initially went to Girard Mere, which is another place where I've raced. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Like one of the most beautiful places you could race anywhere in the world. And yeah. uh, again, but a very challenging bike course. And so I think a lot of people found that too hard. So then they moved the race down to Nice, hoping to build it a bit further and, and get more numbers. And they, they stuck with the old bike course, which was quite challenging. 
Um, and so if you look at the, the finish times in Nice from last year, and they're, they're pretty slow. Yeah. Um, I think only a few guys went under nine hours, so oh, really, yeah. really slow on the bike. So now what they've gone and done is they've gone and made the course much easier in Nice, uh, which is what this article I read was about. And uh, I think it's a, a path we're going down with a lot of Ironmans is they're just making all the bike courses so damn easy. And, uh, and it's all about catering for the people who just want to give it a crack yeah. and make it fast times rather than making it a really big challenge, which is something you brought up, um, a point that Cameron Brown said, when you're doing an Ironman, it's a bloody hard yeah. test, you know. Yeah. Bugger it, why it's should it be? It's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, you know, make it a hard course. Um, so I'm a bit disappointed that I've done that. I think what they will get is they'll probably get some more numbers, which is probably their, their logic. Um, but for me, I wouldn't go and do the race now. You know, it's the same as being racing anywhere else. Yeah, and I think, you know, for as an athlete, that if you think, you know, there's certain events do come up because they're meant to be really tough. And, you mm. know, it's the whole thing about Kona and, you know, other events around the world. And, you know, once you've done your first couple, yeah, you know, you're not going to go to a race like that again, are you? Because you're no. going to look for... Unless you want to do a certain time and you know there's an easy race to do that, um, you know, you're you're looking for the challenge, aren't you? You're looking for the events that are going to push you to your max. I mean, uh, I remember uh, one of my mates, Steve Sheldrake, he had a terrible crash in Nice a few years ago. He actually went over the edge, almost went down a cliff and landed on a tree and was perched above (laughs) a cliff. But that kind of appeals to me. I don't really want to get in that situation. But I mean, that was the thing about Nice is you go through these tiny little villages and you've got these pretty, lots of hairpin climbs and descents and, and it adds a different element rather than just getting on your, your aero bars and sitting yeah. on, you know, 35, 36 yeah, k definitely, Yeah, definitely for the first timers, maybe that's appealing. But, you know, I think generally most Ironman are the type of people who like to challenge themselves, you know, and yeah. when we're looking for the next challenge, we're looking for something that's... And uh, over time, those type of events, those more challenging ones, must become more appealing. Totally. And, you know, and they get that kind of prestige and mm. all that around the race. So, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing, really, isn't it? Yeah, so, um, oh, well. We'll yeah. see, see what happens, see if they get big numbers this year. I think they're up to about 1,100, but it is one of the only races around um, for this winter that still has slots available. I think oh, most, wow. most of the other Ironman races are all full. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it was also interesting that the field is only about 30% French people. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the Frenchies, they love their hard courses, and they'll be as pissed off as anybody yeah, else. Because yeah. I know when we used to live over there, and we, when I was racing short course, we used to have some gnarly courses, man. Yeah. You just swim. You come out of the swim, and we never knew where we were going because <laughs> you'd drive halfway across France to a race, turn up, you come out of the swim, and uh, you get on a bike, and you come around a corner, and there's like a bloody... Vertical wall in front of you. You got to get up. And the French are now. They they run really tough courses. And um, hopefully this isn't you know precedent of things to come. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit disappointing. We were on um on slow twitch actually the other night, and uh, just this whole we were talking about Hawaii maybe moving and and I read this article and I'm kind of thinking that maybe it's just a big conspiracy theory, you know, because mm. there's this article on slow twitch which again we'll have on the show notes on the website um, with the mayor of Hawaii. Now wait a second, I think I've actually got the notes here somewhere. Here it is. And his name is, can you see it, John Bird? Mr. Kim. Mr. Mayor Kim. Kim. Yep, Mayor Kim. Mayor Kim, we'll just call him Kim. And uh, he's basically saying that they he's had no complaints from anyone in the public about mm-hmm. Hawaii, about the Iron Man. He's, he's had no emails, no phone calls, nothing. Um, and that, 
he just doesn't see it as a problem, basically, mm. at the end of the day. And so I'm kind of starting to think that maybe this is just a whole lot of crap. That's what these damn forums do. They start yeah, these little yeah. theories and then it gets out of control. It's, it's either that or maybe they are thinking about it and they thought it would put it out there to see what the kind of response was. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, if you read his article, and I'll have it on, on the show notes, you really get the feeling that it's definitely not from Kona's side of things, yeah. that ain't he, you know, and that's the feel I got until I read this article. Yeah. And... Uh, to me, one other thing is that if Ironman really wanted, if the corporation really wanted to have Y and, you know, if they didn't want to lose it, that'd make it happen. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. if, if it was the most important thing. And, and to me, you know, read this article because it's really fascinating and it's just, it just made me think, yeah, I think this is just a whole lot of crap. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, 10 years from now, we'll still be doing Kona. And, yeah. You know, and, uh, well, hopefully. I mean, the feeling I got when we were over there is everybody was really friendly and they were yeah, happy to yeah, see the athletes. Yeah. So. I'm sure there's one or two, but I mean, you're never going to please everybody, but uh, yeah, I can't see it moving. Yeah, yeah, so check it out. Also, while, uh, while you're on the net, because we love being on the net, or at least I do, um, <laughs> uh, Man Live's website is updating, and you can actually go onto the site now. They don't When you click Man Live, um, you go to the old site, but now they've got the new site. At the top of the page, they've got the new site, and I'll have a link again to the new site in the show notes. Um, and to be honest... Graphically, I'm not overly impressed. No, uh, you, you, yeah. are, you, like, you do surf a lot of the net, yeah, so you, you would know. Uh, like it's, it's a, it's. I'm sure I haven't spent a lot of time on it, and I'm sure they are going to add a lot of cool stuff to the site. Um, you know, I do feel Iron Man do get this stuff kind of right. So, but graphically, I just feel it's, you know, it's not that you know, for a big corporation, it kind of looks like some guy who's a made it, has made it, using some pretty basic tools, but. Um, nice to see they're advertising Iron Man New Zealand well, there. Uh, well, we're in New Zealand and we click from New Zealand, and I'm thinking that maybe what you do is where you're clicking from, they'll advertise that mm. Iron Man. It would be interesting to know. Anyone from overseas, when you go to the site, give us an email and let us know what um, Iron Man they promote on their front page because yeah. we're currently in New Zealand and are promoting the New Zealand website, so or at least the New Zealand Iron Man to us. And um, it seems odd that there were people promoting that all around the world because it's just been so you think there'll be mm. promoting other ones but yeah check it out it's, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with things like race day coverage and stuff mm. like that um, again I do feel Ironman get it right a lot of the time with their media and uh, you know the, the kind of tech savvy stuff so um, it, it's my only complaint is maybe it's not the flashiest looking website but maybe I'm just anal good to see Mizuno up there Oh, there you Mizuno, go. Mizuno Age Grouper, fantastic show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, are you sponsored by Mizuno, John? Uh, uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, so check that out. Uh, lastly, in, in the news for this week, Lance Armstrong's doing the marathon. Yeah, it's, it's not not for a little while yet. I think um, New York's in November. Yeah. So uh, I, just, I haven't really read all the threads on the forums, but everybody's yeah. get, putting in their two cents worth, so we thought we might do yeah. the same. Um who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, he, he can't just finish racing pro and do nothing and turn into a big fat fatty. So um, I guess he's just doing something to try and stay in shape. Um, you know, I think I saw a result somewhere. He did a 5K and finished ninth place, ran 18.20. So that's, uh, in the scheme of things, not very fast. I mean, when, yeah. he, when he was racing triathlons when he was younger, he would have probably been running sub-16 minute for, for a 5K. So he's... Probably not in super shape. You never know. He might not have gone too hard. 
Um, but I mean, if he wanted to, if he did some decent training, I don't see any reason why he couldn't run about two forty-five. So that's your prediction? Yeah, something Gun like predictions. that. So I'd say about two hours forty-five. But if he's just going to plot around, then you yeah, know, I I'm think thinking closer to three. Yeah, <laughs> I think he could easily plot around and sort of three three ten. Yeah, um, and if he cranked it up, I'd say probably about two forty-five. But that's just speculation again, you know. I think good on him because uh, I know this isn't really Ironman relevant, but. Um, you know the guy's yeah, got the world watching, and he could have quite easily laid low. And he's obviously mm. decided, hey, I want to keep fit, and mm. you know, and he's getting out there and doing it. There's also kind of a bit of speculation again that maybe he will do Ironman. It will be, yeah, who knows? Um, to send to an Ironman, it'd, it'd do quite well. I mean, um, you can obviously ride. You can obviously ride. <laughs> <laughs> but who was it? They had a uh, Tour de France, a Team Telecom rider do Hawaii a few years ago. Well, I can't remember his name now. And I remember he had a sprint finish with Gordo oh, really? um, in Hawaii. And so he still went, um, so it was somewhere between 10, 10 and a half. Yep. Udo Boltz, that was who it was. Yep. And uh, he actually ended up riding about the same time as the top pro guys. Really? So I think he swam you know, an hour, hour, 10, something like that. Biked about the same as yep. the top pro guys. And then I think he must have run, yeah, I don't know, maybe like... about four hours or something like that. Yep. So. Didn't do terribly. I'm sure Lance, he, he swims pretty good, and um, and I'm sure he'd run okay. So Well, that's where he does have an advantage. He does come from a bit of triathlon background. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people just you know think, kind of give up their main sport and think, oh, why don't I do triathlon? And, yeah. You know. But God, imagine the coverage it would bring to the race if we oh, came and did yeah. it. It would be huge. <laughs> when I was in Hawaii, they had Ryan Stadler or something, or one of the guys from some TV rally oh, reality yeah, show. Yeah. And, and, Bachelor, yeah. was it? Yeah, was, yeah, whatever his name was. But yeah, he got a lot of coverage as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny who gets the coverage. <laughs> Anyway, that's news for this week. We need to actually, what we need to do is we need to each week have a big announcement for each thing. Um, we're talking now, but John's got the website of the week. <laughs> okay, so today's website of the week <laughs> is, um, it doesn't actually have a name really. I just happened to find it a few years ago um, when I was just searching the web. And it's a, it's a marathon pace calculator. And I know there's a number out, a number of calculators out there. But I quite like this one because you can put in the time that you want to do and you can allow for a certain amount of fade and it's also in miles and kilometres. It's also got a half marathon calculator. Um, so the web address, we'll put it up on the show notes because it's not just something pretty straightforward. It's www.users.on.net slash... One of those funny line things. <laughs> I don't know what you call them. Kilma slash rkcal underscore home dot htm. So you don't need to remember all that, obviously, because yeah, I can't. Go to, go to website. But we'll go to the web, put it on the show notes on um, www.ironmantalk.com. And uh, really cool. I like it. And uh, So why would you use it? Uh, really, if you're just wanting to run to a certain pace and figuring out your K pace or your mile pace, say you want to go out and run a 3.30 marathon, just plug that in, put in three hours 30. If you've got a tendency of going out or sort of blowing up a little bit towards the end of the races, I mean, you're probably actually going out too hard, but you can allow for a bit of fade. So you might say, right, I want to run a three hour 30, but I want to put a bit of money in the bank. So if I blow up in the last 15 Ks, maybe add in 10 seconds per K. And so then you can set off at the right speed. Yeah, um, knowing that you're fade towards the end. Yeah. yeah. I know that some of the bigger marathons around the world, they actually now have paces out there so you have say uh oh, really? you have somebody in a dressed up in a bright orange and yeah. they are running at three hour 30 pace and so you just oh, need really? to follow that guy and somebody who's quite an experienced runner and you just need to follow them stick with them and they'll they have a gps unit or something so they, like yeah, that yeah. and they just stick to that pace oh, cool, isn't it? and they will cross the line and just pretty much exactly three hours 30 
So we thought, so I thought this was a good little tool um, you can get on there. It's just developed by some Aussie guy. I looked on there. There's no website or anything like that. Yeah, it's um, not the flashy looking website, but you don't need it to be. It's, no. it's purely just a calculator. Functional. I actually went on it and looked at Lance Armstrong splits for the yeah. 5K and then worked out his marathon time. So you'd be able to do 245 if you keep it <laughs> at its 5K space. It's, uh, yeah, it was cool. I, I kind of played around for it for a while. Yeah. Can you, do you know if you can have different splits? So you could show, can you do half a race? At one speed and because I wasn't, I didn't really play uh, it for that long. I guess so. I mean, the main thing is you got the fade thing, so you can allow for for blowing up. Maybe oh, pe- maybe I, people should go and try it out. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a good tool. Yeah. Uh, now another one we need a big kind of intro for is our age grouper of the week. The age grouper of the week. <laughs> we need some more sound effects. Yeah, Something you got to work on. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> need to figure that one out. It's, a, it's Kieran Cassidy. This is someone who's a bit closer to our heart because Kieran actually. Is from Ireland, and he came over and lived in New Zealand for around four months. He came in December, left in March, so yeah, yeah four yeah, months. Four months, and uh, he actually came and lived in my place, in, uh, mm. in part of our studios. <laughs> and uh, he um, he trained really, really hard, and he'd done an Ironman before, and he managed to qualify for Hawaii and New Zealand. Now, New Zealand wasn't the race it was, you know, planning to be, but I, Kieran would have qualified anyway. It was, mm. you know, he... Oh, he was working so hard. <laughs> <laughs> he did epic camp with the boys and uh, he just, you know, just really put all the effort in. And he was actually the first of a person from Ireland to, I'm not sure if it's age grouper or pro, but I know definitely age grouper to qualify for Hawaii. So it's a big achievement, eh? Yeah, I think um, I think some, I think some Irish people have raced in Hawaii before, but that was before you had to qualify. Oh, um, okay. And so I think he's pretty, pretty sure, we can't categorically say, but... Pretty sure that he's the first Irish Irish guy to ever qualify for Kona. So that's pretty cool. He's in the 45 to 49 age group yeah. um, and just getting back into training now and he'll be doing Ironman France, which we've just talked about. <laughs> so he'll have a bit of an easier bike course to deal with over there. Um, and then he'll be off to Kona later in the year. So uh, all the best, Karen. He's, he's one of those guys who works very, very hard, does yeah, his yeah. thing. And uh, it was one thing that really became evident on uh, Epic Camp. And on the first day, things were just uh, guys were just hammering, and it was it became a big race for the first couple of days. And I just told Kieran to sit back, do your thing, and he did. And later on in the camp, he was one of the stronger guys and came through really well. And we actually had a, um, a half marathon in the middle of the middle of Epic Camp, probably two thirds of the way through. We did a half marathon race. It was a guess your time half marathon. You weren't allowed to wear watches or anything oh, like okay. that. So good yeah, and it was a very hard course. And uh, he actually ran a PB for a half marathon in the middle of Epic Camp oh, on wow. a hard course without a watch. Wow. <laughs> so that was pretty impressive. He's just a hard-working guy, does everything right, um, and he gets the results. So, um, it was also really interesting just being the flatmate because I didn't do Ironman and uh, I wasn't really training to the intensity of a race and just having someone around doing it. It was, mm. it was quite a cool time just having him around. So, yeah, good luck, Aaron, and I uh, look forward to seeing how you go in Hawaii, mate. Mm. Uh, this week we've also got our new. <laughs> I'll, I'll do this one. Okay. It's the high five. <laughs> so this is my name for. Uh, we're gonna have probably probably every week do five tips, uh, five Iron Man tips. It could be on anything, but it should generally be relating to Iron Man. And what we're actually gonna do um, this week and next week, we actually had our first groupie. We've got our, yep. our first first question. So thank you very much for sending that in. And this is from Matthew. Shapiro, Shapiro, Shapiro. Yeah, Shapiro. So he's, he's, he's sent in a, a, an email to us and he was asking us what are the, the top, uh, <coughs> the 10 things that you'll, you've learned from your Ironman experience that will help first time Ironman competitors race day go more smoothly. So what we thought we would do is uh, we'll do, Bevan and I will both give five tips this week on, on things that you could uh, 
doing your preparation yeah, for the race. Yep. And then next week we'll do five tips that you can do during the race. The nice, the nice thing about this is that John and I are coming from different perspectives because John was more of an athlete than I was before the race and I was a bit of a gumboot before the race. So, <laughs> you know, like for the people, because there are people out there who are better and then going into Ironman, which is kind of John's, John's field and, and there's people out there who are a bit more gumboots like so, I was. <laughs> so we haven't actually told each other what our five tips are going to be. Yeah, so we so. may both have the same things here. Um, but we'll wait and see. So what's your uh, Do you want to go one, one for one? You go one for one. Okay, well, my, my thing is um, is to make it, as, as, this sounds kind of silly, but to make it as easy as possible on yourself. When I first started doing Ironman, I felt I had to make it as hard as possible. So I like, I like listening to music when I ride my bike now. I would never listen to music because that wasn't the hardest <laughs> option. You know what I mean? I was like, I had to be, Ironman is about being a hard man and everything I had to do was about is making it as hard as possible and so I would go for a ride and I'd do a six hour ride and it wasn't without music and I had to do everything as hard as possible but I didn't feel I ever you know like once, once I kind of got a little bit easier on myself and started using music you know when I trained because I like using music I trained so much better because I was a little bit easier on those things and so as much as Iron Man is about the challenge and being hard on yourself it's about being smart in your training and making it as easy as possible to be smart and make yeah. the training effective. So I think look to the things that you do and think about, you know, well, what can make it so it's a more friendly experience for me as a trainer? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely that was one big thing for me. But I'm sure you don't listen to music anymore. You go out and listen to your Iron Man talk every yeah, week. Yeah, well, obviously. I actually <laughs> I do. I listen to podcasts a lot more than I do music now when yeah. I write. So yeah, Very good. especially this one, it's sensational. <laughs> well, my, t- my first one is going to be... Um, as you're building up for the race, do three race simulations. So I'm not saying go out there and do uh, an Ironman, but either do like a half Ironman simulation or a half Ironman race and, and practice just race practices. So three. I often do a half Ironman simulation, 2K swim, 90 to 100K bike and about a 20K run and just do those at your Ironman pace and just practice all the things you want to do on Ironman day. And that's, that's really just for prepping all the prepping, things. Yep, prepping your nutrition, um, prepping your pacing. Uh, just go out there and do these do these things solo, prepping the gear that you're going to be wearing on the day. So try out, you know, are you going to wear bike pants? Are you going to wear a pair of togs? Are you going to wear, yep. you're going to change? Are you going to wear running shorts? So just, just basically complete and utter race simulations um, and just practice your pacing. Okay, well, my number two is, is get a coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know a really good one. Um, <laughs> Honestly, my first race I did all on my own account, and I did just stupid, stupid things. Like, I did a 10-hour training day two weeks before the race. Um, I just didn't really know what I was doing, and I kind of, you know, I, I, I finished the race, and so I had to be happy with my, you know, what I achieved, but you don't have a lot of knowledge early on, mm. and, you know, even now I've been doing it for four years, and i still got a lot to learn, and, and mm. you know, you might as well get people around you who have experience to really hold your hand through that, especially your first one, and I... Um, I didn't use a coach in my first one, and I felt I was a better athlete than the time I did. And mm. um, maybe if I'd used a coach, it's hard to say. Mm. You know, maybe I would have blown up anyway. But um, maybe I, if I had used a coach, it would have been a better experience. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that probably don't want to have a coach, and they do want to do it themselves. But I, I agree with what you're saying. I think you need some guidance. You yeah. know, you might not want to have a coach sitting there and telling you to do this, this, and this on every particular day. Yeah. Uh, you want a bit of freedom on what you're doing. But I agree with Bevan. What you do need is um, to have some advice as you're going through. So maybe you know, maybe have three appointments with a coach or yeah. something like that, and just to get yourself through. There's, there's two pathways you can go there. But why make the mistakes that are just yeah. just fundamental? That you don't need to. You make. don't need to make. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 
And the thing is, for me, is it was partly because I was a cheap bum, and, <laughs> and so it was a, well, it wasn't necessarily about money. But if it is about money, you know, it's like coaches aren't that expensive, really. Ah, you know, they're quite reasonable. When you put and, it into what bike costs, yeah, and, and you, you know what you spend on an Ironman is a lot of money, and, and so you know, extra three, four hundred bucks for a good coach is, you know, to me, mm. money well spent. So yeah, that's my number two. Okay. Um, my second one is to have a nutrition plan. It kind of ties in with what I said first, but have a nutrition plan and really practice it a number of times. So um, first thing to do is when you check out the race that you're going to be doing that you're aiming for, the Ironman, first thing, check out what's, what product they supply, You know who's the sponsor, whether it's Pro 4 or Gatorade or whatever it's going to be, um, and trial out their nutrition. See if you like it. If you like their nutrition, then practice with it because that's going to be the most easily available on the day. But on all these simulations that I talked about, practice exactly what you're going to do with your nutrition um, and make sure your stomach can handle it. It's probably the number one thing that people, complaints people have. They either block because they've gone too hard or they have problems with the nutrition. So practice, practice, practice. Yeah, that's a huge one, isn't it? Um, my number three is, is get training partners who are of a similar ability or a little bit better. Um, in my first one, again, I never trained with anybody. I did a couple of swim squads, but you know I was so kind of overwhelmed by it all that I kind of stayed away from them. And um, and I pretty much just trained by myself all the time, and I didn't mind that at the time. But one of the biggest things that made me improve as an Ironman was I found a group of guys who were slightly better than where I was, and you know that drove me towards becoming a better Ironman and motivating me and, and challenging me and kind of just feeding off their information when you train with them. And um, if I were to do my time again, I would have done that a lot earlier in the piece. Mm, very good um, <clears throat> my next one is a pretty simple one don't set yourself a time goal at your first Ironman uh, no. I know everybody probably has an idea what they want to do but you're just creating a lot of stress for yourself and if you get behind the eight ball you'll be worried about it for your first Ironman what you should be, the objective should be to get across the finish line um, and to do it nice and comfortably for the majority of the day so don't set yourself a time goal. Um, just go out there and just let it all happen. Enjoy yourself. And if you're enjoying yourself, you'll generally have a pretty successful day. Yeah. Actually, that was my fourth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we one. Amazing. But I think <laughs> on top of that is, as well is that John's right. You know, it, 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 and that was one thing I did do well in my first one is that I didn't focus on a time. Mm. I knew I wanted to do around 11 hours, but I was like, no, I'm here to finish the race. And it was a good experience for that reason. And I, mm. and I did manage to get just under 11 hours with 10.59, so it was kind of a good <laughs> thing as well. But I was happy not to do that. You know, like I think that it's a big achievement and you just don't know what you're going to go through. And so mm. to go into it with an expectation, you know, some people think they're going to qualify in their first race. And I think we all have those thoughts at times. But to really just focus on, hey, man, I just want to get to that finish line and enjoy the experiences, mm. you know. It's going to be a much better experience than if you said, you know, I want to do 11 hours and you do 11 and a half. You know, you know it's, it's a big event. You don't want to feel bad about it after you first Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, my last one is, if possible, go and ride the course and have a look at the course um, during your build-up. So I know that's not always possible, but if it is, uh, make a little bit of an extra effort to go down there, have a swim around the course, get a feel for it. If it's a couple of laps on the bike, maybe just go ride one lap and likewise on the run, just have a bit of a look around. And then during your race planning phase, you can actually pinpoint certain places on the course, go, well, that's a bloody hard that section there. Let's just try and take it a bit easy and just chill out. Um, and then you can sort of break the course into segments. So if possible, go and ride the course. Um, my last one is um, 
your family. Uh, <laughs> you know, like it's um it's a very stressful time, and uh, you you need a lot of time away from your family. You're you're under stress because of all the rest of it. And I didn't do that very well in my first one. I have a little daughter and and my partner at the time, and. I didn't really communicate to them how I was going to feel. It was partly because I didn't know myself, you know, but you get mm. home, you're tired. The last thing you feel like doing is jumping around for your kid. And, and so what I learned through that experience was to then communicate with them then going into my next few races, you know, the next mm. three months, there's going to be times when I'm really tired. And, mm. uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you when it's going to happen and then, you know, I'll make sure I'll give you energy at other times. And, um, I, you know, like really, they need to know this because they don't know and you get home and you're tired and you actually want, you need the support right then. And if you're not sometimes giving it back or at least letting them know how you feel they turn around they get angry at you and then it yeah. just all escalates and so I really think that you know communicate with the, those around you because they are your biggest resource you know you need them so much so mm. yeah definitely that's and that's something I think most people should do it's not something you should do in the last few weeks like pre, yeah. pre-season when you you know say you're going to do a, a 20 week training block for Ironman or a 16 week training block plan it all out which we, we maybe cover that another day in mm. Coach's Corner <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> but we will um, but sit down and, and write down what races you're going to do when your your big training weekends are going to be or whatever and sit down with your partner and or whatever and, and, and say look this is the plan are you cool with this yeah. and, and then they they kind of buy into it and they, they can see where you're going and when the tough times are going to be and make sure you do schedule in some easy times as well yeah. and also like you know, New Zealand Ironman's around Christmas time as well. So, yeah. you know, plan to have those days off. You know, yeah. like it's okay to have a day off and, yeah. plan to, and be there for your family. You know, like it's, you know, because they're just as much a part of it as you. You know, when you yeah. finish that finish line, they're, you know, just as happy as you are. So, yeah, big time. Mm. Speaking of which, the coach's corner thing, you know. Come on, give, it, give, it, give it some facts. Give it some okay, facts. Okay. Um, really <laughs> coach's corner. Coach's corner. A bit of reverb. Okay, so what are we going on to this week, mate? Um, we're kind of rewinding a little bit back to last week uh, where we were talking about training intensities and, and so on. And I completely forgot. We, we kind of rambled on. The show was an hour long. Yeah. But I forgot to talk about how to do a maximum heart rate test. So we went into... Um, how to do a lactate test and so on and the, and the protocols there. But that's not uh, accessible for everybody. So another alternative is to do a maximum heart rate test. So uh, one of the formulas that's banded about there is doing your is 220 beats minus your age. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a pretty sort of rudimentary way of doing it. But a, a better way of doing it is to do a little test and figure out what your max actually is. Uh, and the way to do that, it's a pretty pretty short test. It's only about um, five or six minutes. Um, so to do it for a run, what you want to do is go out and do it near an area where you've got a, a fairly decent hill. You'd go out and do about a 15, 20 minute decent warm up, do a few strides in there, acceleration. So you might do say six times 100 meters where you're accelerating your pace up just to, to get a good warm up going rather than just jogging. And then you do a five minute test. Now what you do is you start at the bottom of the hill uh, where you've got some flat and you run on the flat for five minutes. And you're picking your pace up. You're obviously wearing a heart rate monitor when you're doing this. You're picking the pace up for five minutes um, and you're doing a, a, an out and back. So you go out for two and a half minutes, come back for two and a half minutes, picking your pace up, picking your pace up. So when you get back to your start point, which is at the bottom of a hill, you're pretty much giving it giving it some gravy yeah. and going as hard as you can. What about 80%? Uh, probably 90%, yeah, you're, you're pretty hard. And then just to finish you off, you run as hard as you can up the hill. You may only get 50 metres up the hill, you may only get 20 metres up the hill. 
you may get 200 metres up the hill, probably not that far. But you're just going as hard as you can, and you know when you're pretty much close to your max, and then that's time to to can it and uh, and just stop. Hopefully you've got a heart rate monitor that has recorded your maximum heart rate. Otherwise, if you've just got a, a very basic one, just keep an eye on your watch, and that gives you your maximum heart rate. So you just need to perhaps round it up a little bit. So say you get to 183, maybe round it up to 185, and then you can set your zones based off your maximum heart rate. So we'll put the show notes, put this up in the show notes, but then you can set your easy, steady, moderately hard, hard and very hard zones. So for example, your very hard is your maximum heart rate less about 10 beats. So from minus 10 beats up to your maximum heart rate is your very hard zone. And hard is your maximum heart rate minus around about 10 to 30 beats. So you can set yourself some zones. They're not really, really accurate, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I was reading the test last night. I just love it. It's, you know, like, just go. <laughs> <laughs> just got to go hard. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no other way. To max. <laughs> there's no other way to do max. Did I explain that? Okay. I mean, that sounds yeah, pretty and, straightforward. And, and, and on the show notes, there's actually a really great graph just showing you the actual numbers back. And uh, mm. it's, yeah, no, definitely, it's it's quite clear. You just basically run as hard as you can up a hill. Really yeah. Short and... I mean, a lot of you may have. Um, a fair idea what your max is so if you were out on a big bike ride one day and you went up a really steep hill and you almost fell off your bike because you're going so hard yeah. I mean you can use that and maybe round it up a few beats and that will give you one for the bike so for the bike you basically do a similar sort of protocol you basically need to just do a decent warm-up and then ride up a hill which is for about five minutes and just pick your pace up and when you're getting towards the top just go as hard as you can yeah. and again that will give you a value that's close to your maximum heart rate. And your max heart rate, you shouldn't be able to sit on for much more than 10 seconds anyway. No, you know, no. It's not, you can, <laughs> it's, uh, if, you're not, if you can hold a pace of 10, more than 30 seconds, you're not at your max. And that that test is really should only be done by people who are a bit experienced. If you're just getting into triathlon, you've never done it before, um, i probably suggest maybe not doing that test. It is a bit strenuous and you should also, you know, if you've got any medical ailments, um, yeah. perhaps get it checked out before you do one of these tests because they are, yeah, um, they are, they can be a bit strenuous. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Um, yes. Yeah, training. That's right. So, um, one thing that we we work on the Epic Camps is it's really an extended big week. It's twelve days of really big training. So. I see a lot of questions on forums and, and so on how to structure um, big training. What I tend to probably give athletes fairly regularly is big weekend training or big week training. So what I mean by big weekend training is uh, perhaps try and get a Friday afternoon off work and see if you can do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday training block. So you may do uh, a, a typical protocol would be to do a one-hour swim, a four-hour bike, and a one-hour run, and try and do that for three days in a row. Um, the key thing when you're doing these sorts of training is, is to keep the intensity down. It's, it's bike focus, so you're uh, predominantly doing more biking than anything else, and you're just getting out there and you're logging some fairly decent mileage. So that's sort of the protocol I'd use perhaps during your base phase. What you could do is maybe on the third day, increase the length of that bike a bit and maybe do more like a six or seven hour ride um, but you just you're better off being a little bit cautious especially with intensity you've got to take it out just just go out there and just do the mileage don't worry about racing or going hard just log the mileage so the objective is endurance it is just just get out there and do it every day yeah. and, and and train when you're tired it's fine to train when you're tired key thing again when you're doing these is be a little bit rested going in and the key thing afterwards is to make sure that you have a decent rest afterwards. And good food. Good food. Good 
Um, if you're going to extend it out longer, um, and perhaps, for example, this week I've got a guy, a coach in the States, who's got three or four mates together, and they're going away for a week, getting away from the families, yes. and they're going on a big week training. And we more or less replicate that that over a week. So they're basically swimming for about an hour, biking for about four, running for about an hour every day. And it's just, you don't have to run off the bike. But the key thing is, I said, the first three or four days, you've just got to go easy. And then later on in the week, then you can start to pick it up. Do you, you find that you can't? You uh, know, you're so yeah. exhausted that you're basically Exa- picking up's not that easy? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, when, you, when you're when you fresh, those first few days, it's very easy to go far too hard and hammer yourself into the ground. So use of a heart rate monitor is very valuable, or yeah. a power meter or whatever tools you've got available to you. Especially based on the test you did last week. Yeah, and yeah. just just chill out and just go out there, enjoy the scenery, enjoy the company of your mates if you're doing it with them, and uh, and chill out. If you're going for um, for a week, a few tips that I've got on the bike, um, always make sure you lube up. Yeah. So get a good good thing of Vaseline or, exactly. or whatever you've got and just shove it on your undercarriage. Yeah, some, now, like, this is kind of random, but there is a, a cream you can get, a special cream that you can get from the top. Yeah, you Do you can, know what that's called? Uh, you put me on the spot. No, uh, we'll I can't think of the because, name. Yeah, you don't want settle sores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially so, at the beginning of it. Yeah. So just get some sort of lubrication down there every day and yeah. really lather it on. I remember I watched no, I watched a, uh, a Tour de France movie a few Hell weeks ago. Oh, no. Yeah, and was it Hell on Wheels? No, Overcoming. Another really good uh, followed Team CSC, and uh, they had the Sonneurs on there, and they just got the guys' bike shorts, put them inside out, and they covered the whole chamois oh, really? in this cream. The whole chamois just covered it in it every day. So it is really important to try and keep that clean and make sure you change your bike pants every day. Don't wear the same pair of bike pants. I know one thing Scott Molina does on our Epic Camps is he often has a, um, a spare pair of bike pants in his lunch bag. So when we stop oh, in the middle of the day, he changes over. Nice to get out of some sweaty stuff, get some fresh fresh pants on. Yeah, and it's some gross stuff happening down there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so don't, don't share your bike shorts. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um Another really big thing when you when you're doing this, and this is something that we I should have perhaps mentioned in uh, in our what to do when you're preparing for your first Ironman or any more Ironman. In fact, is get a bike setup done yep. and make sure that you're all lined up and you're not um, pronating or, or your knees are tracking nice and straight. Well, those are pretty important, especially because when as soon as you start going really long, um, those if you, small things, those small add things, up, yeah. those add up. So make sure you're nicely set up on your bike. Get your bike serviced before you do these things. Um, make sure everything's running nice and smoothly. And always make sure you, you've got all, enough spares and money with you and enough food with you. They're pretty important things. Yeah, so that's one of my weaknesses. I often go out without a spare and, you know, like it doesn't happen often, but, you know, you, you, you'll get a flatty. <laughs> yeah, those are simple things. So, so make sure you're fully self-sufficient all the time. Um, some run tips during your big week training. Um, unless you, you've got a, a coach who's specifically saying to do something at a certain intensity, just go out there and just run and just focus on holding really good technique. Um, we all know when you're running an Ironman, it's not particularly hard. So no. just go out there and run at a nice cruisy pace. Or fast at least. Yeah, and uh, and just try and hold really good running form. Um, the bikes, the runs don't all have to be off the bike, you know. I generally say do it swim, bike, run order, but you don't have to run off the bike all the time. Spread it out a bit during Would the day. Would you do it a little bit? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Say say you're doing a four day brick, maybe run twice off the bike, yeah. and uh, and the other ones maybe do it later in the day. Mm. Um, Does it matter if you do? Like let's say you just like running off the bike because you get it out of the way and it's yeah. done. You can do it every day. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, one thing that uh, 
everybody should do is after your long ride, typically most people will have a long bike every week, always run off the bike. Yeah. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe a bit longer, but always run off the bike after your long rides. Yeah. Just to, just to everybody used to see that transition. Make, make it a habit, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it for my run tips. Swimming, swimming wise, just... Uh, no, wait, you got one more. I've got one more. Try to avoid any steep climbs or descents with your uh, with your running when you're out there. Just uh, keep it fairly flat, rolling, soft surfaces. Um, doing any really steep climbs or descents when you're tired or really fatigued from your bike is just a little bit risky, so, so you might as well avoid it. Yeah. Um, swim tips, you really just, just aim for, for volume and, seek and, and getting out there every day. Um, again, no need to go hard. Probably throw in a bit of open water swimming. I think that's a weakness that a lot of... Uh, athletes have is they they just do pool swimming so you should always try to be swimming if it's convenient you know probably once a week in the open water if it's not convenient and it's a bit of a hassle probably get out every fortnight Um, but try to to organize your big training around somewhere where you can do some open water swimming Mm. about nutrition nutrition's key you just got to be eating really good food all the time so make sure that you're eating early on the bike when you go out for your rides um, don't wait off until you feel like you're starting to bonk a bit. Yeah. Eat early, keep eating. Um, protein's key, so when you're finishing sessions, protein shakes are great. Um, but just keep eating and drinking all the time. Hydration's really important as well. If you don't, what about the factor of not being able to carry enough hydration. Uh, just organise your, your your trips around places where you can stop. You yeah. know, if you if you know if you know you're going for you know 100 kilometres and you're not going to go through a town, then you're going to have to sort it out. So. Yeah. Um, Get yourself a, a a training budget come out and, <laughs> and, and carry your stuff. Love or, I love you. Yeah, the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the thing. If you get a group together, you can. Uh, some people sometimes have rotating days. We say you're going to do some really massive mileage. You might have turns at driving the van if you're going to do a bit of a, a tour. So, um, but you've just got to keep it going in. What else have we got there? Uh, it's okay. It's fine to stop for breaks. You know, stop yep. for a lunch break. You're just trying to log as much volume as you can. Um, fruit and veggies—they're the most important. Keep loads of them rolling in. Try to avoid the old saturated fats as much as you can. What about after a workout? What about once it's finished? You know, like, uh, eat quickly. Uh, eat as soon as you can. Carbohydrates, proteins, as much as you can, as soon as you can. So typically, what I find is. Um, when you finish races and when you finish long training sessions you often don't feel like eating yeah, as such too, yeah. so great way to do it is to have a protein shake put a few bananas in there some yeah. protein powder some protein milk a bit of fruit and that's a really easy way to, to get um, protein's really good because it helps aid recovery and mm. so you know like your muscles and all that need especially if you want to get up the next day you really want to recover as well as possible and that's where protein is a real great nutrient mm. carbohydrates will give you your energy um, to help you kick in but yeah, for muscle recovery and for building, you definitely need lots of protein. So exactly, get it down. Yeah, um, recovery is a really big thing. So organize your time um, that you're going to be getting plenty of sleep. You're not going to be getting too many hassles from work or the family. Just say, look, this weekend, this is what I'm trying to do, and I'm probably not going to have much energy to do too much else. Um, massage is really big if you're going for longer than a couple of days. Um, try and get some light massage. You don't want to be getting heavy, deep tissue massage. But, uh, for example, on Epic Camp, we give the guys uh, four massages during the camp. So four light 30-minute massages spread over 12 days. Yep. So that's really important. And, and it's just, just to get the blood flowing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just to get the blood flowing, but just don't let them go too deep. 
um, and keep the, the flexibility up, you know, stretch after every session, yeah. and that will aid you for, that will help your recovery, and it will sort of also help any perhaps niggling injuries that may come up. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about recovery side of things? Just covered recovery. Oh, is that, <laughs> oh sorry, which was dangerous. What about general then? General. Yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not following a script or anything here. Yeah? <laughs> um, this is probably a, a tip for for Kiwis and Aussies. Um, we've got a terrible ozone problem down here, um, where there's a big yeah. ozone hole stretches over New Zealand. And uh, if we ever go out training for probably more than an hour in the middle of summer, yeah. or, or more, even more than thirty minutes, you start getting crisped by the even, sun. Even a misty day. You're yeah. Still, yeah. Cloudy yeah. days. I remember when I first came back from England. I went out for a about an hour 20 run and I decided just to run in my running shorts and I just got toasted really? to bits. Lobster. So sunscreen is really important. I always carry sunscreen when I'm doing these things, especially for my lips and nose. Yeah. Um, so that's a biggie for, for all you Southern Hemisphere athletes. Plus sunnies. Sunnies, yeah, yeah, protect those eyes. My wife's an optometrist and they see all sorts of ghastly things with people's eyes, so yeah. look after them. Um, Doing these sort of things solo, uh, doing cut two or three days solo is fine, but if you want to go for a, a big week, get some people around you. Um, they'll just make it mentally so much easier. And uh, if they're not going to do the whole week, maybe just try and get some people out on particular days. Yeah. And uh, and you'll enjoy it a lot more. So try not to race? Try not to race. Yeah. And make sure you point that out to them. You know, If they start racing, that's cool, but just drop off on the big hills or anything like really that. really control yourself. Like, I'm a racer. When I train, I'm, yeah. like, I'm a hopeless. I always, someone takes off, I'm always trying to chase them. And uh, and it's, sometimes it's good with John, because last year we were doing some big training groups with a big group of guys, and you know, guys who weren't maybe up to our level with us and that take off. And, yeah. and I'd be like, ah, and John be like, ah, hold back. And you know, like, it's you've got to maybe focus on, what, on your race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the, probably my last point there was just ensure your family and friends are all aware of what you're doing so they can support you and give you the tender loving care that you need yeah. <laughs> and, they, and that they know the nutritional and recovery requirements you're going to have to have to put in place to get through it okay. so Like I've touched on this earlier, but it's so true. My, my family last year, joining into Ironman, and I was so tired, you know, you're just tired all the time, and they gave me a card saying, so tired, but we still love you, and I was just like, <laughs> it just made my day, so definitely having them around is kind of important. How important is a big week? Um, I think big weeks are, is very good for very experienced athletes. Um, what I tend to give with people that perhaps don't have as much experience, I do some big weekend training, so yeah. maybe every four-week block I give them one big big weekend of training. Yeah. Um, and so I do, like, I, like I've said, a sort of a three-day protocol, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. um, and they don't have to take any extra time off work, and and that seems to work really well for the more experienced guys. So a big week is good, but I think the key when you've got a big week is um, to make it easier for yourself. Try and get away somewhere. Yeah. Trying to do it from home, there are a lot of distractions, yeah. and I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm saying it's a lot easier for you if you go away and you set yourself up for a week yeah. and you get away from work, get away from your flip an email where you're getting 50 emails a day. Yeah. Just get away and and try and get it done and. and do the old Mark Allen thing and go in the middle of the desert. If you guys that are perhaps going to Hawaii, doing something like that in the heat is really important. You know, yeah. go do some hot weather training. Um, obviously, you've got to be careful with your your nutrition there and your hydration. But going somewhere and doing some hot weather training will really benefit you. And uh, perhaps finish it off by doing a half Ironman simulation in, in the heat. And uh, you know, I, I could, that will make a big difference in Hawaii. Being used to that hot weather. So how far out from a race? Should it be like you know, like 
obviously getting too close is not good. Yeah, um, we generally do uh, like Epic Camp New Zealand is, a, is around about seven, eight weeks out from, from Ironman New Zealand, yeah. and that seems to work quite well. So I would say somewhere around about, I typically give them we're convenient around about 10 weeks out doing a really big week yeah. so somewhere between 8 and 10 weeks I think is around about ideal anything closer is too, not good yeah I think once you get inside perhaps 6 weeks you're just getting too close um, probably still do some big weekend training then yeah. but I wouldn't do a big week uh, so yeah that's that's getting pretty close after the big week recovery um, I mean if you're going really extreme and you're doing like a an epic camp simulation so for example someone like Karen. um yeah. I gave him two, two or three days completely off, yep. um, and then basically another full week of very, very light training. Yep. Um, especially for the older guys, they tend to recover a little bit slower, um, and it took him a long time to recover from Epic Camp, you know, yep. um, and for, for some older guys. So, so give yourself plenty of recovery. Don't think after uh, two or three days you think you feel fine and go out and, and hammer it again. You definitely, if you've, if you've done a really big week, you need to have a full week, easy training. And, and often the benefits from the big week training comes from that recovery week. Totally. You know, and that if you go out and push it, it's, you, you actually lose the game, mm. you know, because you're, you're just going to fatigue yourself more and that, mm. you know, you end up shagging yourself. So, mm. yeah, it's, um, it was interesting with Kieran being around in that he was totally blitzed that next week, you know, yeah. and he, he, we, like, he did everything he needed to do still, but, you know, yeah, you definitely need to make sure you, make you, sure you recover. Any, anything else to add on that? No, that's about it, really. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we've covered everything this week. Yeah. So it's uh, been another good show, I think. And next week, though, what's coming up next oh, week? It's a big week next week. We've got Scott Molina in, in, in the studio. We've got the Flash <laughs> studio. We might never put some photos on the website. Um, <laughs> but we've got Scott Molina coming along. We did a, we actually did the interview last week, so um, we, we've already done the interview. But we're going to chuck it in next week's show. We, uh, we did about half an hour with Scott and... Mm. Uh, we really tried to stay away from the old school questions about you know the past and all the rest of it, and really just talked about what's happening now and you know what's it like for him now as being a little bit older as an athlete and a little bit of gain on Epic Camp. Um, Some good training tips in there as well. Yeah, so yeah, make sure you tune in next week. It's a huge week. Uh, yeah, bring on. What do you got on today, mate? Have a swim. Uh, so yeah. what else? Have we have a big running session on Monday nights here in Christchurch. We have about. I take a group of up to you know, 30, 40, 50 sometimes people um, for a running session where we do our core stability and then uh, we do an hour and a half session, 30 minutes of core and then an hour run. So that's about it for today. Did, did you hear me beep at you yesterday in the car? Yes, I did. Yeah. I thought that might be. Yeah. I tried to pass and I beep and he looked, but I didn't know if you recognised me or not. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm taking... I got taking four kids to the zoo, so I had to get up this morning, do a ride and a swim, and now I'm going to take it forward. That'll probably be worse than any training I've done all day. So, yeah, so we're off to Orana Park for the day. So, oh, God. so thanks for your time today, guys. Uh, check out the website for all the show notes. Plus, tell your friends. We're um we're kind of going at you know phenomenal speeds in the amount of subscribers we're having to this podcast. So, tell your friends. Uh, hopefully, we think we're adding value to your knowledge and just what's happening out there in Ironman world. So, check out dub dub dub. IronmanTalk.com for all the show notes from today's. We have links to all the links we talked about. Plus, um, if you have any questions, feel free to email us on our new email address, which is IronmanTalk dot um, I mean IronmanTalk at gmail dot com. And um, yeah, hope you enjoyed the show and get out there and train well. See you, See you next week.